Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? I got $5. This is a run to the left. You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Yo, 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 what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Night Shift Podcast, where we break down the Sunday night and Monday night football DFS slates. This is Chris Raybon, your host, and I am joined, as always, by one of the top fantasy rankers in the biz, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? What's up? I I mean, I am super excited for week two. Like I said last pod, we actually have data to work with. It might only be one week, but at least it's something. Um, so I'm super excited to like, make projections based on actual data, discuss these guys with the routes run and target share and stuff. Uh, yeah, just can't wait for week two to start. How are you doing? I'm feeling good, man. It's uh, you know it's Thursday, so got a good chunk of the week done. Excited for this. We got a good Thursday night football matchup, so I'm sure by the time yeah. this is out, people will have seen that. But uh, excited. We got two Monday night football games this oh, week. Oh, yeah. So. Love it, love it. Um, yeah, so we got a Good lot matchups. to get to. All right, let's let's uh, let's jump into the Sunday Night Football slate. Uh, and before we do, just want to remind you, if you uh, heard Sean and I talking player projections this week on the Action Network podcast, welcome back. Uh, it's even more good stuff. And if you haven't, be sure to check that episode out. It is on the Action Network podcast channel. And uh, now we're going to get into Sunday Night Football. We're going to talk some captains. The freaks come out at night. Uh, you know, it's all about freak performances. John, who are you going with in your captain spot for Sunday Night Football? I'm going with A.J. Dillon, and I can absolutely see Dillon having a freak performance Sunday night. You know, Dillon had a bit of a fluky week one in terms of his receiving role. Uh, He saw six targets to Aaron Jones' five, despite running like half the routes run as Aaron Jones. So I'm not expecting Dillon to really see six receptions uh, too often going forward. However, it wasn't too surprising to see that he outrushed Aaron Jones 10 to five. I think you and I both had AJ Dillon leading this backfield and carries the season. Um, and it was also comforting to see that he saw both goal line carries converting one of them to a touchdown. Our friend 
and former colleague Matthew Friedman is probably smiling at that <laughs> stat um, along with me. Um, so, you know, that was very good to see. And I think in a potential run heavy game script against the Bears, he could eat. Um, and it's going to be nice to see if uh, Bakhtiari, Runyon, um, and Jenkins can all return. I mean, once they're all back, this offensive line should be a lot better. So this could be a great matchup for Dylan. Um, I could easily see him finishing with over 100 yards, couple touchdowns in a lower scoring game, you know, stack him with the Packers defense. Um, and that would be good enough in the captain slot. I would just like you and Friedman to know that Uh-oh. Your, your boy AJ Dillon might have got that touchdown. But my boy Jamal Williams got two. So oh, he's, yeah. still, he's still doing his thing. It might not be in Green <laughs> yes. Bay, but he's still doubling well, up, still doubling up the rest of the people in this Green Bay backfield. Hell yeah. Get those leaders. <laughs> and he's he getting goes, a little dance. Yeah. <laughs> like he, yeah. Yeah. No, he's getting those leadership carries, those leader carries. Yeah. That you yeah called he before he the balled season. out. He balled, He was balling out. Oh, yeah. he, I mean, that, that whole running game. We'll talk about it because we got the Eagles on deck for this Monday night yeah. game. But for. My captain, uh, a guy I'm expected to have a freak performance, I am going with Aaron Jones because, you know, I love to read the beat reports and, and all the things yeah. that are kind of coming out of these team, uh, you know, the team practices. And, you know, Matt LaFour himself has said it. We got to get Aaron Jones more carries. He, was, he only had five carries, as you mentioned. Uh, he was on the field for 37 snaps and only had eight touches, uh, 10 opportunities. We know the Packers are going to use both of their running backs a lot. Um, because Aaron Rodgers, the offensive line, still shaky. The receivers aren't getting open. Uh, home favorite should be raucous in, in Lambeau. This is just a great spot for running backs. So I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon eat. This is one of the few spots I think you want to roster, like, both running backs on the same team. Uh, not many opportunities to do that outside of mm-hmm. the Lions and the Eagles, you know. But uh, I, I really like this matchup. For Aaron Jones, you know, he averaged 9.8 yards a carry on his five carries last week. So whatever issues were going down with the offensive line didn't really affect him as much. And I think he's going to get, you know, continue to see the ball uh, a ton in the receiving game. He ran a route on 65 percent of Aaron Rodgers drop backs last week compared to 37 for A.J. Dillon. So they had the backs on the field at the same time. Uh, You know, we saw that happen as well. So love me some Aaron Jones this week. I think they greased the squeaky wheel. And uh, he gets the crowd into it for uh, the Packers as his big home favorite. Yeah, I love that, Colin. It was very weird to see him only get three receptions last week, especially at the wide receiver room just being, you know, in flux right now. So I think they definitely uh, at least get him involved in the receiving game, which is going to be huge. All right. Who do you got for some DFS cheat codes, some dart throws, some cheap guys? Do you like darts, Ted? Oh, okay. I'm more of a, you know, a cornhole man myself. So, um, you know, with the Packers wide receiver situation in flux, like I just mentioned, I'm going to pivot to one of Aaron Rodgers' trusted targets in old Bobby Tunyon. So I'm going (laughs) Robert Tunyon here. Um, Now, he was eased into action week one. Um, It was a bit of a surprise that he was able to suit up. You know, he's coming back from the ACL tear from last season. Uh, They only had him run a route on 42% of Rodgers' dropbacks. But he still saw five targets. I mean, he's clearly one of Rodgers' favorite targets. So I would imagine his playing time is only going to go up um, starting this week, possibly. So uh, he could be a sneaky play here. Uh, His roster ship might be a little bit lower because, you know, people are waiting for him to kind of see an uptick in playing time. But uh, I I like him in this one-game slate. And I'm going to have to go with someone on the other side. And I have to go with some revenge game narrative here. uh, And that's Equiminius St. Brown. Um, now, he managed to catch 
an 18 yard touchdown last week in that monsoon. Um, you know, unfortunately that was his only catch, but it was encouraging to see at least that he was the number two wide receiver. He ran right out on 74% of Justin Fields dropbacks that could go down. I, I anticipate them to get Byron Pringle more involved going forward, but that could, you know, come at the expense of Dante Pettis. So I still like St. Brown here. Uh, Darnell Mooney could face quite a bit of Jair Alexander, um, unless the bears, you know, move him into the slot a bit to avoid that. Uh, so Sam Brown could have a sneaky game here. So he's uh, worth a dart throw on the bear side. Yeah, for for me, I actually like Pringle uh, in this spot mm-hmm. because the Packers, you know, last week the Bears went up against the uh, the Niners and, you know, the Niners played a, a decent amount of man coverage and the you know, equanimity of St. Brown in his career ha- has really, uh, that's been his thing. He's He's kind of killed man coverage. He's averaging like twice as more than twice as uh, many yards per route, but the Packers played almost exclusively zone and I expect them to do that again. So uh, Byron Pringle averages 1.75 yards per route against zone compared to 0.97 against man in his career. ESB is at 0.7 versus zone, but 1.7 versus man. So I do think Pringle gets more involved. I think it switches a little bit. And uh, so I, I like him to kind of be that random dude to emerge because last week it wasn't just ESB. Dante Pettis caught a long touchdown. So it was like all these Bears were seeing everybody but Mooney and Cole Komet essentially uh, balled out for <laughs> in, in the monsoon. So uh, I'm going to kind of project forward a little bit and say Byron Pringle's yeah. routes do go up this week, uh, given the matchup. I know he was just kind of coming off an injury. Didn't really have any practice time with Justin Fields, uh, given that he's been out for so long. So uh, I'm going to go with Pringle on the Bears. And then for the Packers, I, you know, everyone's going to kind of be kind of shooting for the, you know, one of the pass catchers. I like the Tunyon call, but uh, I'm just going to go with the Packers defense. I, I think that this is going to be a major performance for, for the Packers defense. Uh, I think you may see a a, a bunch of sacks and a, a a touchdown from the Packers. D. They're 10-point mm-hmm. favorites. Uh, I'm on the under for this game, if you couldn't tell. And uh, I just expect Lambeau to be nuts. And I expect them to – a lot of their issues uh, in Minnesota – with things that they can correct. And, you know, Justin Fields still has one of the highest sack rates in the league. And Justin Fields, you know, going on a road, after, you know, wet down spot after a, a great home win to open the season. Uh, I just think this is one of those spots, especially since we both like Dylan and Aaron Jones, great spot to, to kind of go a little bit contrarian and, uh, and get a defense in there. And, you know, they don't hit often, but when they do, usually yeah. – Hardly anyone rosters them, so you can get a big jump on the on the field uh, on the on those times where the defense you know gets a touchdown. So Green Bay D for me. Yeah, I love that call, especially on this particular slate. That's why you know I think pairing them with AJ Dillon makes a ton of sense. And I love the Pringle call. I mean, he could pop this week, uh, pun intended. Once you pop, the fun don't stop. <laughs> With, with players like him, where he only ran route on 17 percent of yep. the dropbacks, um, I make notes of that. Like that's only going to go up. He it was almost a miracle he was able to suit up. I thought he was going to go on the IR. Um, he was expected to miss a lot of time. So um, players like that, they're only going to trend up going forward. They're they're obviously good buy low candidates. So what better time than a one game slate that could be low scoring? So I love the Primo call as well. So if these guys are going to trend up, that means. Uh, my boy Jake Tongas is gonna oh, is gonna God. is gonna, <laughs> gonna tr- trend up. Well, you know, he did, he did he did score that touchdown in the preseason. We were watching it together. Yeah. Uh, I think we were both <laughs> yeah. on the under, and he we were like, oh no, Jake Tongas just got in the end zone. <laughs> like, almost, yeah, that, I mean, after Andrew under. Beck, I'm not shutting down any kind of like fullback uh, tight end talk whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, Beck 
Well, he, did he catch the first three passes? He got the first two or three, targets. two or three. He Russell Wilson had jitters. Targets. He had the jitters and he overthrew him on the first one. The second right. one he caught on like a little, just like, you know, one of those plays that teams kind of start the game with where they dump it off in the flat and then the guy rumbles for a few yards. And then I think the third one uh, was just a brilliantly schemed one where he was just wide open by himself. Acrobatic one-handed. Play. Yeah. Just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. That was a good call though. Yeah, so guy, my guy Jake Pongus out of Cal, man. Yeah, uh, rookie made the made the Bears roster uh, over uh, James O'Shaughnessy, who got released with the uh, NFI designation. So uh, yeah, he's gonna be active. I think it's either gonna be him or the old Jet Trevon Wesco, one of those two. Uh, watch out, man. I hope not. <laughs> you got Curry right. Blasting game there too, but moving on. Oh, <laughs> there you go. That's what I like to hear. No, we have three games, two more games to get to, so. All right, let's uh, let's go with the first uh, Monday Night Football game. We got the Tennessee Titans going to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Titans are 10-point underdogs. The total's around 49, so uh, everybody's drinking the Kool-Aid with the Bills after that dominant uh, week one Thursday night performance. Who do you like in the captain spot? Uh, I mean, I'll let you go first here because you wrote his name down <laughs> first. So I'll give you the floor if you want. Hey, go it's got to be Gabe Davis, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so this Titans defense gave up a 65-yard touchdown to Sterling, to one of six Giants receivers who just happened to be the one coming back from a torn Achilles who never yeah. scored long touchdowns anyway uh, in Sterling Shepard. So was happy to see him succeed. Mm-hmm. But this Titans defense has been bottom 10 uh, in deep pass DVOA. For the last three seasons since 2020, and they're they started out uh, they're near the bottom of the league already this year because of that Shepard touchdown. And it's weird because they have good decent safeties, uh, so you would think that uh, it would be a good defense. But Daniel Jones last week targeting the entire starting secondary for the Tennessee Titans that includes the three starting corners and the two safeties. Daniel Jones, 13 of 15. 168 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception that he just – that was just completely on Daniel Jones. Like that, I was that, screaming at the TV screen. Yeah, bro. Like, he just he just threw a no-shoulder pass to, to Saquon Barkley, just, like, right to the defender. But, good for Dable to just go up in his face and start screaming at him, yeah. too. Love yeah. Dable. Yeah, he, he needed that. He, <laughs> he, came, he came back and let him downfield and uh, yeah. you know, got it done. So, But he should have been 13 and four, for 14 with 168 mm-hmm. yards and, and, and two TDs. So yes. uh, now, you know, we got Josh Allen, who's like the guy we want Daniel Jones to be. Gabe Davis, he's going to be that guy to, to go deep. Obviously, Stephon Diggs will as well, but we, we kind of know what we're getting from him. Gabe Davis will be a little bit cheaper. So, yeah, man, love me some Gabe this week. Well, I'm obviously going with Gabe Davis as well. Um, and I wrote up in my week one tiers that I was treating Gabe Davis as sort of a fringe wide receiver two, three option due to the tough matchup against the Rams. So in my week two piece, uh, I de- <laughs> I decided as the president or co-president of the Gabe Davis fan club to impeach myself. Um, and I swore I would never <laughs> doubt him ever again. Um, it, it's a dictatorship. So I wasn't removed from office necessarily. Um, but this week he's my wide receiver 11. Uh, he ran a route on 100% of Josh Allen's dropbacks in week one. And I still see people trying to poke holes in his game on Twitter. I don't know if you've been seeing this, but you know, they no, mentioned- I have it all muted. I have it well, all muted. I, I have to seek this out. I'm telling you, man, there's, <laughs> there's hate out there, but you know, they point out he only had five targets. Yeah. Well, he's playing every snap in an elite offense, catching passes from the current MVP favorite 
And not to mention, he gets the valuable targets, you know, downfield targets, end zone targets. Um, so he should have another big game this week against the Titans. And again, I'm never going to doubt him ever again. Yeah, I mean, you know, we were early to the club on this with, with Gabe Davis. I remember writing him up as a sleeper heading into last year, just saying like exactly that. Ago. Yeah, 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 his rookie year. Yeah, yeah but- he stepped up when, um, like, there was like two or three wide receiver injuries. Yeah. Uh, he was stepping up then. So we've been way early on him. Yeah, so love the matchup this week, and he, I mean, his, like you said, his target share has room to grow. Uh, yeah. So uh, I do, I, I don't think you want to poke holes in Gabe Davis. One other guy I will mention because it, it's kind of the opposite. Nobody's going to be thinking about him, and, and that is Robert Woods. But if you follow the Giants, you know that Adoree Jackson has been, might be the best corner in the league over the last. Eight weeks of last season and into this season, into this season, the last eight games of last season, he he gave up something like twelve of twenty nine for seventy yards, I believe it is. In and he's starting. And then this week, week one, he shadows Robert Woods and holds him to one catch. So like Dory Jackson's giving up nothing. Downgrade DJ Moore, whatever you need to do because <laughs> this dude is just giving up nothing. And so Robert Woods was quiet last week, but now you're going against the Bills team, and what did they do against the Rams? They played all zone. Did not blitz once, and they may have to continue doing that because they—that's kind of the best way for them to offset the loss of Tre'Davious White. So against zone coverage, this is where Robert Woods, it, you know, flourishes. You know, remember him with uh, with, with Sean McVay in that offense. So for his career, he's at 1.8 yards per route versus zone uh, compared to 1.6 versus man. And the Giants played a lot of man because they blitz a lot. So I think this is the completely different matchup for Robert Woods. And I know everyone's going to kind of be on Phillips and Burks and, and all these guys, but uh, this might be the game where we see Robert Woods actually look like a number one receiver. So, you know, cheaper kind of contrarian play uh, for the captain spot. If the Titans get down in the game and they have to kind of throw the ball to, to come back, uh, I think that could pay off. All right. Uh, who you got for some cheat codes? Uh, so obviously you want, you want to take as many dart throws with the Bills as possible. So I can get behind McKenzie, Crowder, but I'm, I'm sticking with the Titans here. Um, and I'm going Dontrell Hilliard, and I think he's sneaky because this game could get out of hand for the Titans by the time we get to the second half. Um, and if they're down by a few scores, you know, they're going to likely lean on Hilliard, who's the pass catching back, maybe put Derrick Henry in ice. You need to preserve that guy at some point. Um, and unfortunately, Hilliard scored twice last week, so he's probably going to be on everyone's radar. But I just think based on this potential game script, he's a he's a good dart throw. Um, and then you mentioned him, and a lot of people might be on him, and that's going to be me as well. It's Kyle Phillips. Um, you know, he had a big game last week, calling in six of his nine targets for 66 yards, but he made the biggest catch of the game setting up that, well, potential game with yeah, the field bowl. Could be. Randy Bullock that he shanked, but that was such a huge play. And I think when you make plays like that, that gets you more snaps the next week, more targets. Um, so I could see in the second half when they're trailing, he could be – Tannehill's safety blanket, and he could really rack up the receptions here as well. So even if he's highly rostered, I don't care. I think he is a good dart throw and somebody that I want on this slate when I'm already going to have a bunch of, you know, high-priced Bills players in my lineup as well. Yeah, and I like the Hilliard call as well because uh, usually a team that goes zone-heavy like this, that's when you usually see running backs catch the ball, tight ends as well. Uh, against man yeah. coverage, that's when it, most of the thing, most of the action is going to be funneled uh, to the receivers in those one-on-one matchups. So completely different matchup is the point that that I have to stress for this for this mm-hmm. game. Like it's completely opposite. Phillips is still going to do his thing uh, against whatever coverage, but yeah, for some of these guys like Hilliard, uh, I, I think it's it's a great matchup uh, for me. I'm going to go with 
uh, Austin Hooper. Uh, you know, he was super quiet last week, but he did run around on 65% of the dropbacks. And look at his career numbers, 1.7 yards per route versus zone, 0.9 versus man. So another player who almost doubles up his production uh, against zone coverage. Again, unless the Bills switch it up, which I don't think they will without Tredavious, they're going to pretty much play all zone. They didn't even blitz once uh, against Stafford in, in week one. So uh, like Hooper this week, even Jeff Swain, kind of the same thing, 1.4 mm-hmm. versus zone, 0.5 versus man in his career. So like he triples it up versus zone coverage. And then uh, on the Bills, the, the guy I'll mention is, I, I kind of mentioned him, I think, on one of our preseason pods, but Zach Moss, uh, you know, he's he's in that role that we wanted uh, James Cook to be in. And while I think Cook's role will grow, uh, we've been hearing a lot of positive things out of out of camp on Zach Moss, and he looked good in week one. And this is one of those games where Bills are big favorites, could have mm. some mop-up duty later. You could get a sneaky double touchdown game from Zach Moss. Yep. So got uh, got got to roll with my boy Zach Moss as well. Yeah, love that Moss call. I can't think I, I can't believe I didn't think of that angle. But yeah, just like one or two touchdowns from him gives you so much leverage because that's taking away from Gabe Davis, taking away from Stefan Diggs, taking away from Dawson Knox, taking away from Devin Singletary. So I love the leverage play in Moss here, especially when they could win this big. And he, like you said, he's going to be the bob up duty. Although they might want to see if James Cook yeah. can uh, carry the ball without fumbling it. But either way, he's got to be in the doghouse for the, the next couple of games, I would figure. So I think Moss could, yeah, he could sneak up into like double digit touches here if the game gets out of hand. And he might not, even if the game doesn't get out of hand, he might. Damn, he I could, mean, yeah. I mean, he was, he was in, very involved in week one. Yes. Like, very, very involved. So uh he's kind of he's kind of got best of both worlds like he could be involved if they're close or in a blowout so like Lisa Moss all right let's go to the final game uh of the slate and that is the Minnesota Vikings at the Philadelphia Eagles and uh this one has the Eagles favored by one and a half or two and the totals around 50 and a half 51 so expecting a high scoring close game which is usually good for fantasy who do you like in the captain spot? Yeah, so I'm going with A.J. Brown here. Just he was so dominant um, in his Eagles debut going off for 10 catches for 155 yards. I mean, I drafted Jalen Hurts a shit ton saying, I'm just going to invest in A.J. Brown through him. But I kind of wish I drafted A.J. Brown as well to stack him up with Hurts because, I mean, he accounted for 73% of the Eagles team air yards per next gen stats, which is the highest of week one. I mean, this offense is the passing attack anyways, literally running through AJ Brown right now. And obviously, you know, the Vikings is a tougher matchup than the lions, but you know, nothing is too scary about it. Um, And I think people will be gravitating towards, you know, Justin Jefferson in the captain slot, Um, maybe even Jalen hurts, which I can't blame him. So I think AJ Brown is the best pound for pound option in the captain slot this week. So uh, I got some thoughts on Brown and, and this Eagles pass catchers, but I'll, I'll start with the the guy. My favorite captain in this game is not Justin Jefferson, and it's not A.J. Brown. It's Dalvin Cook, because I think he will be a little bit more lowly rostered than both of those guys. And you look at the fantasy production allowed to running backs, and who's at the top of that list? Not the Lions, who gave up four touchdowns to the Eagles, but the Eagles, the Eagles allowed the most fantasy production to running backs in week one. They gave up 26 carries for 172 yards, three rushing touchdowns, two by Jamal Williams, and then four more catches for 33 yards. So they gave up over 200 
scrimmage yards, two backs and three scores. And I think Dalvin Cook is, you know, he ran around on 70% of the Vikings dropbacks in this new Kevin O'Connell offense. I think he's going to be a guy that they, they lean on a lot this week, you know, on the road, I think they're going to try to, you know, they're going to have to deal with that crowd and they're going to want to quiet them down. So I think, you know, last week they were at home, you know, they kind of had play action game going. Nobody was covering Justin Jefferson this week. I think you're going to see uh, a Dalvin cook eruption spot against this Eagles defense. So uh, I, I really like him as a, probably not, he's probably going to be like the third or fourth highest uh, roster guy in that spot. Yeah, I like that. And you, you got in the, the outline before me and took him. So you know, <laughs> congratulations on that. But yeah, I mean, absolutely. He's a uh, top three running back for me in my rankings. We knew that, though, whenever he's going to be healthy, obviously he has top three upside and he's healthy now. But love the use the underlying usage um, in week one. And, uh, you know, just he could go off here. So love that call. So, so yeah, what I was going to talk about with Brown was I noticed something interesting about week one, and that was that the Lions decided to play the most man coverage in the league against the Eagles in, in week one. Now, A.J. Brown throughout his career has just been a killer versus man coverage. He averages 3.3 yards per route in his career against man coverage with a 30% target rate uh, per route. Uh, against zone, he's still elite at 2.4. <laughs> But the target uh, uh, per route goes down to 22 and a half. So it's about an 8% dip and uh, almost a yard in a yard per route that he goes down. So he's still the best on the Eagles. But this could be the type of game where you see some of the other guys step up because you look at Dallas Goddard in his career, 1.4 yards per route against man with a 17% target share. But against zone, 2.1 yards per route with a 21% target share. Devontae Smith. Against man coverage, just 16% targets per route and 1.6 yards per route. But against zone, he jumps up to 21% targets per route and 1.9 yards per route run. So Goddard and Smith, those are the guys that are have, uh, you know tend to be more involved against zone coverage, which the Vikings are going to play about two, uh, three fourths, about 75% of the time, uh, as do most defenses in the league. Like the, that's why what the Lions did was so odd uh, because it just kind of they kind of invited AJ Brown to just go off. And I mean, you know, I guess maybe you could say it worked. They only lost by three, but they were down big for for most of the game. So uh, I don't know about that defensive game plan for the Lions, but AJ Brown's still my top projected pass catcher. Uh, you know, for for the for the for the Eagles. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah. but this could be, you know, everyone's going to be off Devonte Smith. He didn't get a catch last week. Dallas Goddard had sixty yards. Well, you know, no touchdowns, so kind of quiet as well. Uh, I do think this is a good week. Uh, for both of those guys, just based on uh, the difference in matchup from week one to week two. Yeah, I'm never going to argue against Dallas Goddard. You know that. He's my <laughs> tight end five this week. So love the call. I mean, I'm going to use my flex, um, but certainly in the captain slot, he can get a touchdown or two and pay off there. But uh, I just wanted to double down, like reinvest in A.J. Brown if I could this week. <laughs> oh, no, um, yeah. But yeah, he's, but yeah he's I agree. Up. And then Devontae Smith, another great call. I mean, he's obviously a deep threat here, but – uh, I'm going against him in my dart throw that we can get to in a minute. Y'all take your darts over here pretty seriously, huh? My dart throw on the, the Eagles side has got to be Quez Watkins. Um, he's one of those players that offers a wide range of outcomes. And when I mention wide, I mean, you know, zero to 100. Um, last week in week one, he was just running wind sprints out there. Um, <laughs> he failed to draw a single target despite running a route on 64% of Jalen Hurts dropbacks. Now, he could easily finish with zero catches again here. I am not saying he is a cash game player or anything like that. 
by any stretch of the imagination, but he's one of those players that could easily break loose for a big play or two. Um, and this is, you know, those times that we like to use players like this on a one game slate. So he's going to go off for a, you know, two or three games this season. Um, so this could be one of them. So I think he's a sneaky dart throw. Uh, and then a guy on the other side that we were both pretty high on last week, and that's Irv Smith. He was shut out in week one. Um, I mean, he only ran a route on 42% of dropbacks. He was clearly being eased back from his broken thumb. I joked, who needs a thumb to catch <laughs> passes? Apparently, I was wrong. Apparently, you do. Uh, but, you know, he's one of those guys that we talked about where his playing time is only going to go up. So I think this is one of those games where I think the public might be fading him after week one. Uh, but he could easily go off because, you know, he's he's going to be – you know, arguably a top 12 receiver when healthy. So I, I just want to buy low while I can. You're not investing in Johnny Munt <laughs> and Ben Ellison. <laughs> I mean, I Johnny Munt did read the, he did know, read the Vikings. I uh, can absolutely get behind some Johnny Munt, but I think that his playing time uh, is certainly going to come yeah, at the expense. It is. It is. Of Irv is. Smith. I'm, but I'm I, I did see that. That that was interesting. Uh, no, uh, O'Connell came out and said they were easing Smith in. So yeah. I would, but the thing about Munt is O'Connell had him with the Rams and, and like loved him for doing all the dirty work. So it, it's, a, it's a complicated <laughs> yeah. situation, but I, I do expect our Smith, uh, you know, routes run to tick up uh, as soon as this week. So I think another guy, people will probably be a little bit uh, scared of after yeah. what happened last. But a lot of these guys in this game, uh, I actually like someone who did come through, last week and that's Kenny Gainwell your boy I feel like you owe, I, oh, I don't yeah. know I, I'm surprised I must have written him down before you too you did you, you okay. stole all the players <laughs> and I, t- I had to take some of them but I left the rest for you but obviously I agree with whatever you're about to say about Kenny Gainwell yeah so you know this is the kind of matchup again you know against that Lions team now they, they had a bad run defense obviously every Eagles back got in the end zone but they played a lot of man coverage and this Vikings team, you can expect them to play about 80% zone. And when you get a zone coverage, that's when Gainwell really catches the ball. 30% targets per route and 1.9 yards per route against zone coverage compared to just 21% targets per route and under a yard per route versus man coverage. So he, you know, he's going up, uh, you know, 10% in terms of his target share in these coverages because Jalen Hurts could just kind of dump it off. That's that's what you want out of Gainwell. And he's always going to get a little bit of red zone work here and there. That Like Sanders is not their red zone back. They kind of just rotate guys in. So could see Boston Scott as well. But I think because of Gainwell's ability to catch the ball here in this spot, and, you know, if Philadelphia for some reason gets down at home, let's say, you know, Dallin Cook has a big game, Justin Jefferson, the Vikings, you know, kind of get a lead here. I think you'd see a lot of Gainwell in the hurry-up offense. So – uh, love me some some Kenny Gainwell this week. Yeah, that's a good point in the game script. Um, you know, last week he operated as the clear number two back, but they they were in control. The the score might be misleading. They won by three, but they were in control for much of that game. The Lions offense got off to a slow start. So it wasn't really a Kenny Gainwell game script. But like you said, if the Vikings get off to a fast start or something, um, he would definitely be used a lot more in the passing game. So love that call. Uh, and one more on the Vikings. I got to go with my dude, CJ Ham, the fullback. There you go. <laughs> so looking at the uh, box score from week one, CJ Ham played just as many snaps as Alexander Madison. So, you know, that, you know, the perception is totally different between the two. And yeah, CJ Ham's obviously going to block a little bit more, but 
O'Connell was talking about, you know, utilizing CJ Ham, uh, you know, during camp and how they kind of, he's not just going to run his like cookie cutter offense that he did with the Rams. He's going to adopt to the personnel. So you already, he backed it up in week one by playing Ham the same amount of snaps as Madison. And he didn't really unleash him on any kind of, you know, crazy passing game concepts. So I think you could, you know, he's been playing some tight end too. So maybe it cuts into Irv Smith a little bit, but uh, you know, he, I, I think you could see kind of like an Andrew Beck type, of rampage you're gonna see it at <laughs> one of these games one of these games cj Ham's gonna get like three catches on one drive and uh why not why not this one in prime time so i uh, gotta mention my boy cj ham uh, i think he has better days coming in this minnesota offense love the usage of the words unleash and rampage when referring <laughs> to cj ham but <laughs> not I dalvin mean, cook but cj if they're ever guy that's gonna get a troll touchdown here it's gotta be him and after andrew beck i am not shitting on your um you know backup fullback or backup tight end calls in, in the short term anyway are you gonna ask me why the eagles rookie was a, a healthy scratch uh, grant calcaterra they called up no oh, yeah. they what's called up noah togi i don't know i guess they like oh, his blocking God. more <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but... two rookie tight ends that just got the complete healthy scratch uh Grant's, trey mcbride Grant's... and and uh grant calcaterra yeah calcaterra is sneaky um the only reason he went and what the sixth round was because um, unfortunately he's had just a ton of concussions, but he's super talented. Um, so, but yeah, unfortunately we can't use him for this slate. But down the road, hopefully um, we can we can have some shares of his. But yeah, I was gonna ask like why was he a uh, healthy scratch? But hey, uh, he, I mean I would pay attention to the to the inactives because if he's if he's active, you we can oh, use yeah. him on his slate. We can, yeah, yeah for sure. Better no, he's to get legit. A, he's legit. Yeah. Yeah, no, better to get ahead. And it's kind of like uh, if Tyree Jackson ever comes back. Is he still around? He's, oh, yeah. he's like on IR or something. He's on right? IR, yeah. But, uh, but he, I think he's on IR to return, so. Uh, okay, that's enough uh, <laughs> backup tight end. The only, play, the only podcast where you can get CJ Ham analysis for more than 30 seconds. <laughs> hey, our Pro Bowl pod, we do it too. Because remember, oh, fullbacks, fullbacks yeah, always yeah. crushing the Pro Bowl. Oh, <laughs> that is true. That is going to do it for uh, the Fantasy Flex Night Ship episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, remember to leave us a five-star uh, rating and review. We choose our favorite each week and you win a free year of Action Pro where you get our rankings and projections and all that good stuff, which are live right now at actionnetwork.com. Uh, you can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore odds maker. You can find me at Chris Raybon. And you can find us at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. For more great fantasy content from Sean and I, be sure to check out our full player projections episode out now over on the Action Network podcast channel. And of course, our fantasy preview episode where we break down the DFS Thursday night and the main slate. Uh, that's on this channel. Uh, that's out right now as well. And uh, good luck this weekend, everybody. Till next time, let's get this money.